0: Hello, Rip City! To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Saturday, the 2nd of May. I'm Keith Heltner-Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What up? And you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters.
1: Keith, if these listeners are trying to find us on social media, and that can be Facebook, that can be Twitter... Where can they find us? They can. Oh, and also with Instagram as well. I can't leave out IG.
0: Also the Instagram. You just uh, just no, no TikTok. Gotta leave off the TikTok. And I don't even know if there's other ones that we should be avoiding or should be on at this point. You know, we're
1: avoiding Zoom. We're so old school.
0: Uh, but yeah, you can find us uh, on all of those
1: at Trailcasters. We are Team Skype. Team Skype, yes. <laughs> And let's say they're not on social media and they want to send us one of those fancy dancy emails that we love. Where can they send those? We love
0: all the fancy dancy emails, but that's going really old school. We take those at trailcasters at
1: gmail.com. Please send us those emails. We need emails to read. Love it. And what should these listeners be doing on on their podcast app that they are listening to? Whether
0: Whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, we are always looking for five
1: stars. Love it and these <laughs> awesome beats that they are jamming out to where can they be found always find these beats from Odar at
0: soundcloud.com/odarbeat please support o- please support Odar as well as your oh, oh. Please support your local artists as well as our local sponsor, Clearly Speaking. You can find Brenda Nuffton, a licensed speech and hearing pathologist, over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. She can help you with stutters, with uh, your rate of speech, uh, your speed. I guess, um, again, I don't even know if that's the proper term, but I should know that one because that's the one that I struggle with probably more than anything else. Uh, She can help you with accent reduction. If you are a... Uh, a speaking professional, if you're a car salesman, a lawyer, someone who's up on a podium frequently, someone who podcasts often, uh, or even just someone who wants to generally improve your conversational skills, you can go and talk to Brennan Uckton over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. What was the website, Ty?
1: Well, Keith, for me, real quick, because I actually have a stutter, I'm going to try and slow down here and say this because I struggle with O's. So how about we find this at... Clearly speaking, and that's at Oregon.com. There we go. And clearly speaking with Oregon.com. And for me, I have a little uh, fix that I use right there. I put uh, like an extra word in front of it, which some people I might have that. caught. Okay. But uh, that kind of helps me with my stutter, but you know, that's just a little problem I have that I'm trying to deal with. I'm uh, ashamed of it, so we just keep trying. No so.
0: shame at all, man. No, I like that. And you it'll, clearly speaking and or with Oregon.com is that you're throwing in there? I I, see I that. just I
1: yeah, like I kind of just, which is weird, which is more words to stutter on, but but I don't know, like my brain just kind of makes it easier for me to say the word I struggle on by putting a word in front of it. I don't get that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wonder if that's even a technique that Brenda would know about. So go and talk to Brenda at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. From out here in Corvallis all the way to New York City, he's on the social team for Bleach Report and part of the Lockytown podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Varun Bose. How are you, dude?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. I hope you both are staying safe and healthy and all that good stuff.
0: Yes. Sure are. Mostly mostly uh, safe and healthy as possible, as much as can be. Trying to avoid the supermarkets where I'm still appalled at like 20% of people that don't wear masks out in public blows my mind. Uh, I'm not sure what it's like out there in New York. It's got to be a thousand times worse than Portland, I assume.
2: You know, like we've been staying, I live with my girlfriend, and we've been both staying indoors most of the time. Like, I think yesterday was the first time we went outdoors in like two weeks. Now we're lucky enough to be able to go on our, we're lucky enough to be able to go up on our roof. Um, But we went out yesterday mostly because uh, we have, we just got our masks and uh, we had to do a little grocery shopping. But we've been staying safe. But honestly, it's crazy because like for the most part, Yeah, people are indoors, but we live in a pretty busy part of Manhattan. So even though it seems like very empty for Manhattan standards, it still feels like there are people out and moving. But that makes sense. People are still delivering food. People have jobs that are essential. So I I totally understand.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I try to be understanding of people. But it is one of the it's uh, it's it's crazy when in my mind, I feel like we should all be doing as much as possible to be as safe as possible. And so when you see people, they're like, why are you taking that risk, bro? Why are you doing that? But whatever. Ty, uh, speaking of health concerns and the rest, you have new puppies.
1: You I got new puppies. new puppies. I got five Wait. new puppies. Uh, five? They're, yeah, they are not for me. My dog just had them. So okay. five of them <laughs> that are newborn. They're about seven days old now. Yeah. Clarify that. Yeah, make sure. Yeah, that'd be insane if I got five of them. That would be who I would be really doing this quarantine. People would, I think people would have to check on me and make sure my <laughs> mental health was okay. Like I wasn't Andy Bernard who bought a bunch of dogs in the office at the end. But anyway, yeah, I got five new exactly, ones.
0: Uh, a oh guy just went to buy five new puppies because he needed company. In I need it. I need it.
1: Yeah. Uh, like um, right now, they just whine and eat. They don't have any, um, yeah, like their eyes aren't open yet. Um, I think their ears are starting to open. I think some of them are starting to open their ears a little bit. So it's progressing. Uh, super cute. And it's been helping me get through this quarantine a little bit. So yeah, that's been fun.
0: Little
2: labradoodle puppies, right?
1: Yeah, uh, They are little golden doodles. Golden doodles.
2: That's right. There we go. Oh, man. did you name, did, you, did you name them after the starting lineup as like dame Cj
1: Murm? I tried to but nice. my parents <laughs> and then my brother's girlfriend put a, a a kibosh on that so we got like uh, Sophie we got grace uh I think there's a trip in there uh, yeah just nothing like no. that I tried going lillard I tried doing nurk
0: now hold on they have these some progress with nurk but are any of these staying with you guys or are all five of them going out to uh to new homes?
1: Right now it looks like they're all gonna go out to new homes, but when they do start moving around and they have some personality to them, I'm curious if my parents will try and keep one. Ah, okay, okay. And waiting on that. I'm I'm actually banking on them keeping one. They are saying they're not, but I think they will, so we'll see.
0: Well, I just want to say, you know, Ty, you need to get ready for a wave of hate mail uh oh. for all the uh all the fans out there mad at you for not letting us have a Trollcaster puppy. We almost oh. had a TC puppy. I was trying to get one of these pups from you. Oh, honestly, I was relying on your on your mama dog to have more than 5 puppies so there was some excess that weren't spoken for and we could get in on some of that. But uh you know, maybe maybe we'll get the are, are you planning for another?
1: I'm uh, planning another go around. Just making sure all of this goes well, like when they do their health checks here in a couple of weeks with their hearts and everything in their lungs, making sure everything's good. Nice. And yeah, as long as like nothing's like looks like it's getting passed on that's bad or anything, I'll I'll make sure I do it again.
0: Well, okay, yeah. So so listeners, send all of your uh, all of your messages about how we need a Trailcasters puppy, and even vote on the name. Maybe that'll help convince yeah. <laughs> Ty to, to get the top of the list uh, sure and the family, that though, the fans
1: have spoken. <laughs> Not just me. People want it. People need it.
0: Well, we have we have more than just uh, puppies to celebrate today, though. It is point .9 day. Happy point .9 day to both of you guys. This is the the anniversary of uh, of Dame's first historic game winner. No, not that one that we're all thinking about, where he ended the franchise for OKC, but the first one where we ended a uh, Chandler Parsons career, more or less. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like uh-huh.
1: it spicy, take
0: Google. Uh-huh. Varun, uh, you actually had a great post about point nine day earlier today. Uh, the 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 pictures of Kobe watching and LeBron watching and then MJ watching. I love that dude. That was a nice a uh, nice put together. Yeah, dur- during
2: quarantine, I finally started playing around with Photoshop a bit, and I'm nice. just a couple of things here and there. And I think I learned the uh, I think it's the warp technique where you can like warp an image onto a television screen as opposed yeah. to like, trying to put a square over like a trapezoid. So uh, I was just messing around <laughs> with that, knowing knowing full well that today was coming and. Uh, did a little Photoshop action. So yeah, no, it was I mean, it's it's what like it, it didn't necessarily start Little Time, but in the sense like it was the first time Little Time came to the playoffs. Oh, so yeah. uh obviously you have to commemorate that. And up until last year, probably my favorite shot of all time. So that'd
0: say are we uh are we all saying that I don't even know if I'm saying it really, so let's just word this different way. Which shot do you take uh, with what you just said there, Varun? The point .9 shot or the wave goodbye? Which one is the bigger kind of a, a milestone for Dame in his career? Like, long term. I mean, when
2: we're looking back in, like, five years, no. which one do you think we look back on uh, fonder? I mean, I think it's one of those situations where, like, it's, it's like you're comparing, you know, your favorite artists or your favorite musicians, like first album that like when they burst on the scene versus like their best album. That's a a great So like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, obviously like the rocket shot, it, it'll always, it's like, I don't know if either of you are Kanye fans by any means, but like, I think people like to debate like graduation versus college dropout, like college dropout okay. is like really special place in everyone's heart and everyone remembers when it first happened. But then like, you know, after that Dame kind of is on the stage, both figuratively and literally as an artist. And uh, then he does this to OKC and sort of follows it up with another huge bang. So or another classic, I guess. So I-, I would say that the the OKC shot, the wave is obviously a better shot and a bigger shot in terms of the general perception of Damian Lillard in his career. But, you know, that's not to throw any shade at the rocket shot. That's still one of my favorite shots. And, and the .09 makes it even more special. I, uh, I liked what Casey did online too. Casey, oh, I'm sorry,
0: Ty. I kind of cut you off there. Were you? No,
1: I'm just watching it on the BR actually betting app. Nice. On the, <laughs> not app. It's on the Instagram page there. I was just scrolling, and then yeah, I'm actually watching the point nine shot. I'm getting lost in it, but I completely agree with Varun there. Uh, I don't think you can really say which one is completely better. I think most people will maybe remember the OKC shot because of just how big it was and because of the wave and all like the stare at the camera and all the stuff that came after it. But I think this Houston shot is what really put Damien Lode on the map. Like, yo, this guy is for real. This is what he can do. And then, then he showed it again. Now like I continue to do it. So yeah, I completely agree. That was an awesome way to put it with the albums and everything.
0: Yeah. No, I like that comparison a lot, Varun. That is, it's, it's like the one you grew up with, the kind of one that – Maybe it will awaken you to the artist or the athlete in this case, versus the one where it's like, yeah, here's the the banger, here's the next big one from him. Hundred percent. I I liked what Casey did. Casey Holdall, shout out to him, uh, former guest of the show. Have to get him back in here soon. Uh, But he had a nice one, nice uh, comment on Twitter too. Because I think it was ESPN that did a little countdown or uh, montage of of game winners and kind of these shots, and they showed MJ and they showed Dame and showed all these other ones, but they put both of Dame's together. The point nine shot and the wave goodbye, they put it into one spot on their countdown. And Casey points out like, yeah, nice to take the one guy that has two of these, put it into one so he doesn't take up two spots on your countdown, <laughs> that was kind of outshine MJ <laughs> all this time. Uh, but, you know, let's be fair too, it is kind of MJ's time right now. 100%. Yeah, with all the, the doc and all that. And we'll get to the doc in a second, but I need to rant about something first. Uh, and this is not – no more ranting about the grocery stores, uh, although it is kind of tied in towards the economic stuff and all the uh, the pandemic we got going on. I'm not sure how much you guys saw with this headline recently, but the Lakers uh, – the Lakers, there, there was an article basically saying uh, by Kevin Arnovitz, shout out to Arnovitz. Hey! He uh, came out, I think it was this last Monday, with the article that the Lakers were giving back a $4.6 million small business loan uh, that was intended for, obviously, small businesses, not the Lakers, in this uh, pandemic uh, stimulus. It was, it was part of a larger stimulus bill, and the article that I'm saying that Kevin Arnovitz wrote is coming out saying yes, they are giving this back because they have realized that it's not meant for them, and they support their communities and all this kind of stuff. Is the the statement that the Lakers had for it, um, but I think what's you know, kind of what we're missing here, the real point here, is someone at the Lakers had to apply for a small business loan. In this time of the pandemic, and obviously then someone on the other side too said, oh yeah, the Lakers, that's a team that needs a small business loan. Let's, you know, confirm that one. This is messed up, guy. Am I I the only one here that just like, seems like they kind of put the cart before the horse when we're talking about, oh, the Lakers are giving back this money they never should have applied for or gotten in the first place. Am I crazy?
1: No, we're not crazy.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't call you crazy. I also wouldn't like, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, look, any of these big businesses right now are probably going through all kinds of craziness. And like, I'm sure there's probably one person in the organization who made a mistake here. Maybe it was all, all around, I don't know, but right, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a, I feel like so many of these things are popping up and part of me is, is as angry as you, but part of me is also just like understanding that like it's a pretty crazy time and no one really knows what's going on and no one really knows how to project the next week, let alone the next month, two months, six months. So, you know, people are making mistakes left and right. I, I try to take it with a little bit of salt or, like, try to understand, like, kind of where they're coming from. But, yeah, when it's the Lakers, it's, it's always an easy target. We'll leave it at that.
0: Yes. It's <laughs> totally fair. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is. it's the, the Lakers are certainly an easy target. And you make a fair point. This, they're not the only ones that, that are doing this. I will say, though, Darren Ravel confirmed the Lakers were the only NBA team to apply for this PPP loan. They were the only ones to do it. Uh, and, you know, I think I saw, too, oh, yeah, it was Evan M points out that Lakers are the second highest valued franchise in the league, let alone you're not just not part of a small business, you're part of a giant national league, whatever. Uh, Artemis did say in his article, he pointed out that technically the Lakers do qualify as a business with about 300 employees. Uh, which puts them into the range where you could technically qualify for, the, for, for this. So, like you said, Varun, playing the nice, nice mediator mediated
2: <laughs> card to calm me
0: down here, is <laughs> uh, probably was more likely that just one person in there saw, well, hey, it's my job to try and find any you know financial advantage we can for the team. So here I'm going to apply for this because we do technically qualify. But i'm just saying <laughs> there's no reason the, the the number of checks that this got by blows my mind that it actually like it got qualified got confirmed got given to them and then people are like whoa 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 why are the lakers taking this and like oh yeah you're right here let us give it back don't worry we support our communities whatever okay okay rant over <laughs> I'll, i will i will step off my podium for that one thank you both for letting me get through that just whew, taking a deep breath uh but I, I I gotta say we gotta slog through one more endless debate before we get to some more of the fun stuff. This is the question that will not die, and I don't know why. Because I, I I've been saying on here, look Ty, at you I'm rhyming. Both... <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and even kept going with Ty. You and I both. I could have like if I had some a beat in the background, maybe I'll like throw some Odar in there and
1: get that going. No,
0: <laughs> no, I am not Little Dicky. This is not it. <laughs> uh, but the debate that will not die. Is will the NBA reopen and finish the season? There have been headline. There has been headline after headline about you know it'd be way too hard. There's too many too many things needed, too many people needed, too much uh, risk. It's not going to happen. Let's push the can further down the road. We're seeing one thing after another be postponed. The NBA draft was just postponed on May first. Uh no Oh, yeah, excuse me, the draft lottery and the combine both both postponed. The draft itself, which is scheduled for June 25th, has not yet been postponed officially. We will see how that goes. But despite all these kind of postponements, we hear statements from Adam Silver saying that he still is really trying to push for the NBA to come back. And then we hear ideas like uh, they're going to use the ESPN complex at Disney World to try and have uh, – all 30 teams come back to finish not just the playoffs, but the regular season as well. This seems like a hugely disproportionate, horrible idea to me as far as the numbers you would actually need. And before I let you guys both get in here on this, uh, you know, we, we heard on the jump uh, from Rachel, Brian Windhorse, and Tracy McGrady. Rachel mentioned they would need like 15,000 tests to get that done if they're going to do this in, uh, in Disneyland or Disney World or whatever. Uh, Brian Windhorse mentioned... You would need probably about three months to play out the rest of the games and the uh, you know get all players in shape and play the through the playoffs. So that's three months without these players having access to their families because you're trying to keep all this restricted. Uh, and Tracy McGrady said too, you the idea of getting every player in the NBA to agree to be away from their families in this pandemic time for another three months to finish the season. This seems like a huge ask. Do you guys think there's any chance? Bruno would come to you first because Ty, you and I feel like I've been in a lot of agreement mm-hmm. these last couple weeks. Varun, do you think there's any real possibility, any feasible way the NBA comes back to finish
2: last season? You know, one thing I think has been really interesting is the fact that, like, it's taking so long um, in the sense that it's... it's as If you're just an NBA fan and you're you just want the NBA back, like, I'm sure you're sort of waiting and you're anticipating, like, at least more and more reports and, you know, different scenarios. I think you want to hear more. It's interesting to me that, like, not a lot has come out and that, at least, again, just my opinion, it makes me think that like they're really considering every single option. And so, you know, I don't know that I'm necessarily super... I necessarily believe the NBA will definitely come back. I don't know that it won't come back. But I do think that they're definitely putting as much thought into it so that if it does come back, it is a very reasonable scenario that one day I have like checked in with a bunch of people, right? I don't think they're just going to roll out a scenario that is going to get a lot of negative feedback on the onset the minute, you know, it's leaked or reported. So I think in that sense, like I'm bullish on the fact that like, they're going to find a solution that is safe, but I'm not necessarily bullish on the fact that like that solution or they're searching for a, a solution that's safe, I'm not necessarily bullish on the fact that like it is going to come back. I mean, for me personally, like I'm mentally preparing myself for both cases. Right. And, and definitely sort of mentally preparing myself for a season cancellation. Right. Um, obviously it, it will. if it, affects directly my job because i cover sports for a living but also you know i i think just mentally like i'm uh, you know i'm hopeful but at the same time like i don't i I wouldn't be surprised if either scenario happens that's kind of what i feel
1: i'm with it uh i've mentally accepted that we might not have sports for the rest of the year just in case that does happen but also that way when we do get some good news on sports then i uh get a little bit happy so with basketball uh yeah i see it both ways i see them canceling it and i mean i i would just have to just accept it and move on um uh, but i also see them trying to really hold out and try and just finish this season um i don't think it will end up happening unless stuff really drastically changes in the next two weeks and these states really start like I don't know. Like, uh like I think it's Florida that said that they are allowing like combat sports. So that's where like right. we're yeah. So that's yeah. Where, like we're seeing some UFC events. So I think if we start getting more states that do that and go yeah, let's do some like pro events here, then things could change. But as of right now, I think we could see the season just be put on hold or just be canceled and we just move on the next year. Well,
2: and, and I and think. We... One, uh, I was just going to say, I think one thing that Ty and, and I can kind of maybe agree about, it seems like, Ty, you're, you're saying this, is like, either way, like, if the season is canceled or if it does continue, like, I'm not going to be upset either way. Yeah, I think they like, right. like I said, like, they're going to make the, I, I would imagine NBA has proven itself smart enough in the, over the past several years that whatever decision they make, they're going to make based on reason, they're going to make based on, you know, experts giving them their professional opinions uh, from health perspective and all hmm. that stuff. Imagine I imagine that. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily <laughs> believe that they're just going to dive right in head first just for the money by any means. I think whatever decision they make is is going to be the right decision ultimately. That That's something I'm fairly
1: confident on. Yep. I'm with you on that.
2: Yeah. And, and that that definitely has been a, a re,
0: uh, reassuring aspect of this whole thing. I do feel like the NBA, as much as it, is, as it is sports, right, it is not a world leader. It certainly is not a political figure in any way, as much as we would like leadership from that perspective. The NBA has taken a really good, uh, leadership perspective and kind of position on this whole thing where they I agree with what you're saying, Bruin, where they seem to come up with a very level-headed approach where, yeah, they're looking at all options possible, but they're also not ready to just jump in on something just to make their, their bucks back. They're not trying to just get in there for the profit, they realize. Uh, like you mentioned the public image as well. Part of that thing I mentioned with Rachel Image saying that the NBA, according to this whole idea about uh, the facility in Orlando, uh, they would need 15,000 tests or whatever for the NBA players and staff and and you know, everyone that would go on to to get this to get this season back up and running. Part of what she said would be the issue with that is the NBA is fully aware of the public image crisis it would be to request 15,000 tests for their players and staff when the rest of the country is reeling and needing these things just as badly. Uh, so yeah, it's I don't think they're rushing back for it. That's a huge part of why I I just I don't think it's going to happen. I think people need to be taking the mindset that both you and Ty are as well where we just need to be accepting of that. We need to be ready for the idea that life is different right now. And the last thing we want to be doing is rushing back in there and having to reset these clocks. You know, we need to be just taking it a little, being a little extra paranoid, being like a little extra patient and safe, and hopefully get back to whatever semblance of normal NBA or normal sports we can as soon as possible. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm not, uh, I am not holding out, holding my breath for, uh, it coming back even this summer, honestly. So I, uh, I want to wrap up this uh, this <laughs> rake through the muck through the, the depressing part of the conversation <laughs> here with a, a question from one of our listeners, blanked at Zero Sum. Uh, he asked, true or false, Adam Silver's decision to allow reopening of the practice facilities will inevitably lead to the cancellation of the 2020-2021 season. So he's not talking about reopening this season that we just passed. He's saying the decision to reopen the gyms right now he, he, I think he's implying, is it too early where it's going to lead to eventually the next season being canceled? I'm not sure if I'm going to take that stance. I, I'm, I see what he's getting at. I don't think it's going to lead to the cancellation of the next season, but I do think what he's pointing out here is that if we all rush back in here too quickly, that is what is at risk. Like, we're not just but, going to have, like, oh, the season's delayed. We're going to have to, like, miss more sports. Sorry. Yeah, really.
2: I, I, I see kind of what he's trying to say, and, like, you know, we, I don't, th- I think this is more of a general take of, like, the 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 world in, as a whole doesn't necessarily want to rush back into the uh, you know into into normal life again. Um, for me personally, like I wouldn't necessarily correlate the two for the basketball perspective. Like just because you're opening practice facilities doesn't mean that that is directly related to the 2020 2021 season. Right, I, I see where the he can make. The, yeah, I can see how he makes the connection because that's like the first step towards you know returning. But ultimately, again, I don't think they're just going to reopen the practice facilities without considering the long-term impact. Again, I, my imagination would would lead me to believe that everyone who's talking about this, the higher-ups in the NBA, all the leadership, they're thinking of the long game. They're not necessarily thinking of the short game here. They're thinking of the long-term impact. They're not, they're not just trying to save money for this season. They're thinking about next season, seasons to follow, sort of what the larger impact is going to be on the NBA and on the league itself. So while I do understand what where this person is coming from in terms of like connecting the two, I would not necessarily correlate the two. And just because both happen, I still wouldn't correlate the two necessarily. So I, I think a little bit of a logical thinking there, but I do understand the, the concern for sure. Right.
0: And yeah, he, he's a uh, blank is making maybe a hyperbolic point, but I think, yeah, the point that he's saying is just, if we come back too soon, we're putting ourselves at more risk uh, long-term. And I'm with you that it's not, it's not necessarily about the practice, practice facilities being the issue here, but does it surprise you that Adam Silver uh, has, been so kind of open how about this does it surprise you that while we've seen the nba draft lottery postponed and the combine postponed that you haven't just seen adam silver come out and say you know you know what the smart thing is to forget this season let's move on to the next one is this just like you think is it spin where he's having to balance like audience like between fans and billionaire owners is that kind of like he's just having to talk to both sides like why why have we not heard more decisive action
2: like no the safe thing is to move on I think uh, my guess, again, is like that Adam Silver is a pretty smart guy and he is juggling not just, you know, public reaction, player reaction, but also owner reaction, also, you know, staff reaction. Like there's so many people that he has to consider when making these decisions. So, again, I don't think they're going to make any decision lightly without at least checking in with leadership from each of those groups or a majority of each of those groups. Right. Even if, you know, even if like, again, this is one of those things where 99% of people can be on board, but if 1% of you know one percent of one group or someone who has a loud enough voice is not okay with it like they're not going to move forward Is again just my speculation so no that's, that's true uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's juggling a million things here and, and that's why you see sort of a, a slow react quote-unquote slow reaction to sort of announcing or, or being definitive about anything
1: yeah well last yeah. night or i think two days ago i think we saw lebron tweet out that he didn't want to see the season canceled and that's the biggest star basically in the league. So if he's out on yeah. social media saying he wants the season to continue, I think it's hard for now the guy like Adam Silver to go, all right, well now the season yeah. canceled and my star who brings a lot of revenue and stuff to me will be mad now that if I cancel this right away. No, that's
0: so. a good point. Man, we, yeah, we've, heard, we've heard a lot of that from Dame too. We've heard him talk about the same kind of thing where he didn't want the delay in the start of the season. He wants to kind of get it back on where he has his summer vacations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I was teasing him about that or, you know, making fun of Dame Little on that a while ago, but I, you know, the point stands. So moving on from this topic, the same way the NBA should move on from their season, let's talk about something a little more local. A lot of the players have been staying here in Portland. Dan Sheldon reported recently uh, from NBC Sports, shout out to him. Terry Stotts says that only Trevor Reza and Anthony Simons are staying outside of the Portland area right now. Trevor Reza being down in LA and Anthony uh, being from Orlando. So that's kind of at least you know it, it reassuring in the sense of even if we don't have team practices going on and don't have a lot of uh team uh activities there's at least kind of this engagement i feel like where the the players are the chemistry fits they're here in portland they're not trying to you know they didn't jet out of town as soon as all this happened so i don't know I, i'll take any silver line i can get right now i'll see this is a good thing what about you guys
1: yeah I, um i think uh I mean, it's nice to see that these players are okay with their community and with the state that they're in cause these, because I think most of these guys are all not from here. So for them to right. stay here uh, yep. shows that they're all right with Portland and maybe that is a little silver lining. As well, I think guys like Dame and CJ, I think their homes are here now. They they paid for these big houses now, and I think they've kind of set up roots here. But I think for guys like Nasir or even guy like Hassan Whiteside or just – I mean – I would imagine Mello as well, yeah. like guys like him. Like I'm I mean, like for them to stick around this area shows that this is not as bad of an area or small market as many people would say. Like I would not be wanting to hang around like in Detroit right now. I mean, I'm sorry. like That wouldn't be where I <laughs> wanted to hang out.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's kind of my point. Yeah, is it's uh, you know, I'm not saying it's a sure sign that Melo is going to resign and why it's going to resign for low dollars, But it does show at least that they didn't. I mean, I'm hoping this doesn't just mean they got trapped here, right? But I, I think at the very least they, they didn't jet out of Portland as soon as all this was happening. They didn't run out of town. So, Ty, you mentioned CJ uh, and Dame being up here. CJ had an interview with Rachel Nichols on the jump a little while ago where he kind of mentioned being happy playing next Dame. Uh, Rachel Nichols referred to Bradley Beal playing without Wall, John Wall, this last season, and that he absolutely wanted John back, but he enjoyed a season being the guy. And so she kind of used that to set up. Do you think, CJ, that's what you would want? Would you want to be kind of the guy on your own team? And CJ had a really good response. Uh, Besides talking about, you know, know, giving proper respect to Bradley Beal, he said, playing next to Dame, when Dame plays, the way we play is different, you know? Everything starts, kind of revolves around him as it should. He's a multi-time all-star, and he's the best trailblazer to ever play the game. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, He'll go down as a Hall of Famer. I've enjoyed both roles recently but I'm, on, I'm just more about winning. End of the day, I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. I know what type of numbers I could put up if I had my own team. I know I'm capable of doing those things, but I think it's important to continue to learn and figure out how to coexist, to become as great as possible together and win a championship. So that pretty much ends the debate, right, Ty? I am no longer allowed to mention trade rumors for CJ. He's saying he doesn't want to be the star of a team. He wants to be the number two next to he's happy growing here together.
1: Yep, I think, I mean, I think for a while, I mean, for me, i put those brimmers to bed since the <laughs> shot with the playoffs and the Nuggets last hey, year, Game so 7. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yes, this should reassure it uh, that he's not trying to buy his way out. He's not going to front office and say, hey, just send me out of here or send me to somewhere where I can be the main guy. Because look at Washington. They have, what, like 15 wins going into the year? Yeah, like Bradley Bill's the dude, but they were losing all the time. That's got to be frustrating, so.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard to give up on, on what CJ has going for him. I mean, obviously playing with Dame, uh, it, it's always been a topic of discussion in terms of how they play, needing the ball, all that stuff. But clearly the, the Dame has set up a really good system here in, in, or t- in there in Portland uh, with, the, with the organization, with the leadership, with just the community of, of the team itself. Um, and CJ's like, you know, he's not young by any means. He's 28. It's not old either. But I think as he's, you know, moving into the second half of his career, I don't think he necessarily wants, like, a ton of change or he wants out of Portland. So I kind of think that he wants to just sort of ride it out with Dame at this point, see the young guys sort of develop and, and you know, let his career take it where, where it goes. I, I think he's happy in Portland, though, overall.
0: So let's get more analytical about it for a second. How do you feel uh, about this, as far as the the team perspective? Is this a good thing for the Blazers? Are we happy that we have our backcourt? We're not worried about uh, how. Do, I mean, we've when I've talked before about the blasphemous CJ trade rumors. Uh, it has been basically brought up because. Uh, cj is largely the best trade value we have on this team outside trying to get rid of obviously not dame obviously not nurk and then trying to overvalue maybe some of the younger pieces he seemed like the most uh, obvious piece if we're gonna try and pull someone big back here if we take him off the board obviously does give us a nice solid backcourt but maybe it takes away our ability to pull someone else in does that concern either no um i
1: think some people can get really lost in that like oh let's trade cj for a power forward or a center or a small forward but there's no guarantee he fits in this offense or fits next to dame or fits with the team like cj we know fits so yeah like you might see the grass is greener but it really might not like i think now like we know what we have in dame and cj it's dominant it's probably the best backcourt or like 1a 1b with steph curry and clay thompson arguably i mean you know what you have and now just build around that. Like why blow up that to go and try and add something else that is kind of a question mark.
2: Agree. I, I couldn't say it better ties all over it. I mean, I, I just think that like, it's one of those security things that you just have. I mean, as a blazers fan, it's always nice to know that you can turn on the TV. You have Damon CJ for the most part, and you're always going to be competitive. And I think that's something that a lot of franchises who are either tanking or are not in that position or whatever they don't have that luxury and and it's so nice to be able like i said i think that one of the most underrated things about being a fan is being able to turn on the television and know that your team is going to compete every on a day and a day basis like are they guaranteed to win the title no but like at the same time uh you still get to enjoy the season from a, a larger perspective and then you can have seasons like last year where you know they a couple things break their way and next thing you know they're in the western conference finals and Yeah, of course, they run into a juggernaut like the Warriors, but anything can happen. Even the Warriors ended up losing due to injuries and stuff like that. So I think as long as you just say competitive, have a really solid team, things might be able to break your way. And and you could win a title in that scenario, possibly. So I I value the consistency. I value that knowing what I get uh, on a day to day basis more than necessarily like uh, a Hail Mary that is not necessarily as smart as we might think. It's a grass greener situation for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad we can well, – CJ has put it to bed. He has answered the same way that we are trusting Dame when he says he wants to be in Portland. CJ wants to be here for the backcourt. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to break down something amazing for something that probably won't be uh, any better. Let's uh, – I. oh, I do want to add in, though, Varun. I'm not sure if you're much of a gamer. This is going to be, again, been a topic with Ty and I the last couple of weeks talking about possibly trying to get a trail casher's Warzone team going. But CJ – Says that he's ready to take on the gamers. He uh, made a quote on, made a comment on Twitter. Been playing with my headset tonight in FIFA. After 12 days, I think it's time for me to release my gamer tag this weekend and start taking action. Varun, are you a gamer? Is question number one. And question number two is, are you going to find CJ's tag and beat him up in some FIFA? Uh, I am
2: not a gamer, unfortunately. <laughs> I I'm not a big, I'm not a FIFA player. I'm not a Warzone player. That being said. I do know what those things are. I know that everyone's playing it and having a good time. So, if if, if I'm the one who's going to step in the war zone against uh, CJ, I'm definitely not coming out in one piece. He's definitely going to dominate me. So, uh, but I'm sure there are many other people in the Portland area who would love to take CJ on and do uh, the fans a much better justice than I ever would.
0: I got to be honest, man. Like I, I, I've been, I've been slowly trying to intro to Warzone, but i play a lot more kind of like the single player sandbox rpg games that i can have fun with and just kind of like enjoy on on my own fifa is a game that i do not have a lot of experience with i actually i had a really cool event a couple of years ago where I had a chance to play with some of the Timbers players. I had some, uh, and that was cool. Very it was fun. a fun kind of thing. But I got my ass kicked. I got <laughs> speed up and down the field. Uh, so if CJ has actually been practicing and he's like ready to kind of go out there and show off a bit, I uh, I don't, I don't think I can hang with him on FIFA. Maybe if we get him in towards Warzone with Anthony Simons and Danny morang or some Overwatch with me uh, or you know Ty. I don't know if you want what's your what's your game of choice if you're going to take on CJ.
1: Who probably Warzone. Um... I can get at it with Madden and Two K. I don't okay. constantly <laughs> play them a lot, but I have years of experience playing those games, so I feel like I can pick up the sticks and I've, be competitive.
0: I bet CJ would take you and uh, take you on in Madden. He'd go with his Browns, and you could, you guys could, uh, could get at it.
1: That'd be a game changer if he uh, <laughs> was the Browns.
0: You know, I could really beat up on him.
1: Really, I'll really make it realistic.
0: All right, well, Varun, if uh, if you're not into into games as much, man, I know one thing that I'm sure we've all been. Digesting as much as possible, and that is this last dance doc. Uh, they've had four episodes out so far over the last two weekends. Episodes five and six will be coming out Sunday night. Hopefully, this pod is out before then, but no guarantees. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts so far, you guys? How are you feeling on these first four episodes of the documentary?
1: I'm loving them. Uh, I think I am a little upset because um, I did hear what their plan was to do it. Like I think between the off days of the finals. So that just would have been awesome basketball time just to have Mm. this finals, this finals, to get pumped for the finals. So that would have been awesome to experience it like that. But based on the circumstances, this is awesome. I wish I could binge them. But at the same time, I like now having something to wait for, something to kind of build up to it, like kind of like Game of Thrones and all that stuff that comes out once at a time. Uh, But I'm loving it uh i mean for me because i was born in 1996 i didn't get to experience jordan i I didn't get to experience both teams i basically have just experienced it through space jam and youtube highlights (laughs) people's opinions so for me now to get to see the stories and get to see more footage of jordan as a rookie and just see how dominant he was just right off the bat like i had no idea that he put up 28 6 and 7 i mean as a rookie just fantastic i mean amazing so for me this is awesome just to get all the stories i like how they're going back because for me as well like i didn't know stuff about his come up or robin's come up or like with scotty pippen just all the stuff i want all the details because that's just how i am so i'm loving all of this right now
2: yeah i think that i mean if there's any silver lining in quarantine it's the fact that they moved this up and we all get to watch it i mean it's literally yeah. <laughs> turned into the closest thing to a sporting event that we have yeah. On a week to week basis, uh, I think Twitter very much replicates uh, the the idea of a sporting event while people are live tweeting this thing. I mean, it's been really great. Um, I, I also think, like, you know, I'm a little bit older than Ty, just a little tiny bit, uh, but uh, I, I actually didn't get to really appreciate or not even or even watch uh, the MJ years. I, I didn't grow up with with cable at my house. I didn't watch so much basketball growing up. It was more of a football family, I guess. But like, I I, I just didn't watch it so i didn't get to like live it in real time i would definitely read the paper and and catch up the next day but uh it's really interesting this almost like it's almost interesting to like twitterfy the the mj experience and sort of reenact some of those moments and what they would have been like in yeah. real time so it's it's been really fun i think obviously if you're a blazers fan like Whew. you're definitely gonna run into some not so fun moments oh, But they've been making the blazers look
1: bad there's a couple <laughs> yeah, of rough ones in this it's really it's, bad it's, it's, Sam tough. it's tough. Bowie and Clyde but, and the, losing the finals. Oh man.
2: Yeah, it's it's not necessarily like a, a the the greatest trip down memory lane yeah. in that sense. But I think at the <laughs> end of the day, it's still like it's still super interesting. And I think they've been like, I, I mean, look, we drafted Sam Bowie. He got injured. Like that just happened. You know, like and and maybe they don't go into as much context as why as as we want them to to sort of justify some of the mistakes they made or some of the things that the uh, happened to the Blazers. But it all happened and it's all true. So you can't necessarily like. Fault them for that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not like they're targeting the Blazers. I think a lot of it is just unfortunate timing, like literally that. Where Absolutely. at the time the Blazers had a really good team, we had a lot going on up here. I mean, you you know, you mentioned the draft too, like Sam Bowie. They even say in the documentary at one point, I don't remember who it was that said it, but mentions you know everyone at the time would have wanted uh, a center, and he said like including me. I think it was someone related to Chicago, right? But like just. Well, they it's, said
1: that about Hakeem Olajuwon going wild.
0: Oh, yeah, hey, oh, that's, yeah, sorry. It's been a while. I have to go rewatch him again at this point. Um, but, yeah, yeah, a lot of it was bad timing. And even, you know, there's been some amazing, amazing debates reignited about how good Drexler was or wasn't with this whole thing. Uh, it, it's so funny to look back on, like, not just the idea. I think a lot of this is coming from Blazer fans maybe feeling a little butthurt about how Blazers have been putting this light with this doc. Uh but they're kind of coming out like instead of just making it about like how good MJ would be nowadays, we're talking about like, well, how good was Drexler really? Or like, oh he was great, he was just second to MJ. And it's man, I've I've been shocked by some of that. Uh I gotta say though, as far as what you guys ty, I remember the other week you tweeted out something about having uh been born what was it, born in ninety six. Yeah. So like this documentary was what you needed. I was born in eighty-four, the year Jordan was drafted, and I liked basketball at the at this time, like in the nineties. I just moved to Portland with the family. We were definitely Blazers fans. And went to games, but I feel like the Bulls at the time, as a kid, were almost. Uh, uh, I, I guess I'm saying Varun, similar to what you said, I didn't like watch Jordan games. I didn't like know all these highlights. I Didn't know a whole lot about the details of him and Pippen and the rest of the team, but. As a kid, the Bulls were like my early Lakers, almost. Where it's it was just the team that all the bandwagoners loved, and so I just wanted nothing to do with celebrating them. You know what I mean? So it was he was almost like early villains. Uh Yeah, so it's, it is interesting to go back and see some of this and hear some of it. All that aside, I want to ask you guys about something. I don't know if either of you are 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 would consider yourself film buffs or kind of like art student types or whatever. I am absolutely that kind of nerd. I I went to uh i went to art school you know i took classes on a, a red dot on a white canvas and now everyone debates for three <gasps> hours is that art you know what i mean Is it's that kind of like thing <laughs> uh but watching this documentary one thing the one thing that has really kind of bugged me about the style that has been made i like that they do like the one episode was jordan the one episode was pippin the one episode was rodman and then we had phil jackson but the way they've kind of like Cut up the chronology where they kind of show you the little timeline uh, from '85. Then they'll like jump up to '96, and then they'll jump back to '85 or '87 later, and kind of back and forth. I'm just surprised they went that way, man. It just for for the number of people that don't know this stuff, like you said, Ty, you were you were born in '96, uh, and Varun, you just weren't watching this closely because we didn't have Twitter back then. We didn't have the same kind of way to follow sports. I'm surprised they didn't do a more clear way of telling the story. Of the Bulls, I guess. Is, is, it, is it just because this is a Michael Jordan doc?
1: Well, course, I but, think it's because it's this ninety six, ninety seven Bulls team.
2: Yeah, it's not it's really not a Jordan
1: doc, which I mean, I think it is a Jordan doc. But I think it's this Bulls team, so they're trying to set it up to explain this Bulls team. And then as well, I don't think they just had enough time. I, I mean, like they had ten hours to do this. I, I mean, like a whole Bulls doc might be like thirty hour doc on how this team did it. Like, I mean, like how Krause even got the job from being a baseball scout to all of a sudden being a general manager of like a basketball team like there's a whole story there so i think there's so much there and also like i read that they i mean i had to rush this thing like i mean which is
0: so funny considering it's been like how many decades decades
1: (laughs) but i think jordan had to sign off on it and he didn't do it till 2016 and then i don't think they started doing these interviews till 2018 right and they said the last interview they did was like one day I think right after they canceled the NBA season because of all this was wow. the last interview they did was Stockton. So that's where they were. And then all of a sudden they had to ramp it up and throw this all together. So I wonder. Well, so that
0: kind of feeds to my point though, is I feel like the, 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 the filmmaking quality is not, I wanted more from the kind of the way they put this together. You, you're illustrating exactly what I'm talking about. I here. think it's fantastic
1: though. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I think they've done an amazing job with, with these circumstances based on it was supposed to be happened in june and now they put it out in early march and they didn't even have all this stuff put together i think it's fantastic the way they're doing it it's really yeah. informational and, and i'm liking it for me
2: yeah i think it's an interesting point to, to point the, to the fact that like maybe they did use that style because they did have to rush it right and, and yeah. that certainly could be a, a part of it i actually don't mind it at all um i think and again maybe this is just me at the I'm sort of at that perfect age where like I kind of know some stuff I don't know everything in depth for me it's like I I know the general trajectory of Michael Jordan's career so when they're jumping back and forth I, I sort of know and, and it's sure, easy sure. for me to figure out obviously if you're younger and you have no context it could be difficult but I think they sort of assume that the majority of people who are going to be watching this doc like know Jordan know his career but like not that in depth so they mm-hmm. probably assumed and you know right or wrong so uh that Somewhat the average watcher could be able to follow along with this documentary, even if they're jumping back and forth. So, I personally really like it. I think it's a fun way to tell the story, but I can see how it could be a little confusing or a little annoying for
1: others. I and, mean, or what I find kind of fun, or I mean, what's cool is like with Pippin, is they kind of explain how he came from this super poor family with two uh, family members who are in wheelchairs dude, and not much episode. money. And then all of a sudden, he signs this contract. For longevity, which makes sense because he came from not much. So now he wants to play it safe and go, all right, now I have this opportunity to make three million dollars a year, which is just exactly. And so that's why he decided to settle for that contract. But I think that explains it by him going back and showing where he came from and explains why he did take that contract and then maybe why he is the way he is. And then same with Jordan as well. Like his dad uh saying like he used to like tell mike to go back into the house and not do it because he gave him the wrong screwdriver i think that explains now why jordan is this killer why he he doesn't care about anything he's trying to be number one and it makes sense now that he came from that and now i think that's a nice perspective for us because i always thought yeah jordan was a killer but now i see where it came from
0: yeah no and and that's that's a great point some of the some of the little tidbits that they give you like that. The father talking about like, yeah, that Jordan almost wasn't man enough yeah. to be out there in the garage with him. I
1: mean, his it's dad's incredible. telling him that. That's just, that's, that's insane. Crazy. To to
0: look at some of those bits, man, and to think of like where, what formed the man, that, the legend that we now know as Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really cool documentary that way. I and think also
1: this, Keith, but for you real quick, I have a question yeah, based on film and all that stuff. What do you think about the way they're doing it by handing the people like the iPads, like that Isaiah oh, Thomas love thing, it. Jordan? I love that. Oh, yeah, oh that God. was
2: awesome. That
1: was That's, awesome.
0: It's so tremendous to watch Jordan watching what I, Isaiah Thomas yeah. talking about it. And then, and then he's sitting there like, nah, nah, not oh, going to convince me. I love oh, it. Man.
1: Or, or, or like the, when the, the... Robin's watching Jordan talk about him on the interview yeah. and then he's just yes. laughing about what Jordan's saying about him. I love that they're That's watching the That was awesome. awesome.
0: And look, okay, I'm not trying to be too cheesy too because I know this has gotten covered plenty on Twitter as well, but the one where they had. Jordan's mom on the pad and so Michael Jordan is watching his mom talk about yeah. him I think it was yeah. but yeah it's, it's almost like Inception like where this guy because they've already put some of the film together so they're showing him like almost an early cut of his fan, his mom talking about him. that choked me up man yeah. that is just like that was some strong yeah. stuff yeah th- there's been some fantastic bits uh, the, the footage is tremendous and the, the quotes are amazing they are trashing Jerry Krause which is incredible considering he can't defend himself and yeah it's tough I, got it i gotta be honest like it's definitely like the point that they're making as far as his little man complex and some of this like okay but dude in the twenty again as far as just the filmmaking goes if they had had more time i would like to think that they would have been a little more about like let's make a 21st century perspective on this about how that's not healthy mentality this is the same way that we they made very clear about jordan's father that's not a healthy thing but jordan came out of that you know and,
1: maybe they will we still got five or six more episodes but yeah yep. like even just seeing the way jordan was making fun of them on those clips and stuff that they oh, have and yeah. i've heard that i think it's about to get real more like juicy yeah. for the fans like they're gonna actually get more of those clips now behind the scenes of jordan being jordan of being kind of a dick or saying stuff so yep. i'm ready for it
0: <laughs> well and, and early on in the doc too they they mentioned like at the start of the season the team had signed off on having this film crew follow them around for the whole thing and i love how much like imagine the foresight of that like back then these guys had to be like right. hey can we please just follow you around for the season no one knew what would happen then they have all this stuff that what 30 years later we're talking yeah. about yeah. Right? uh it's it's just insane man uh, that yeah uh, so again i'm not trying to hate on the documentary overall it's been fantastic but i tie i, I can see minutes- your
1: perspective and then i've also seen a lot of people have that same thing on twitter that they don't really like the way they're doing it but I think you'll have that with anything. I think if they would have done it a different way, I think people, like maybe like me, be like, hey, man, like I wish they would have told more about the story of how, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think no matter what, you're going to get like some criticism from crowds, but I love it. And it is feeding my scratch, for, like my itch for sports and uh, whatever. <laughs> and then, but also for me, I want so many more sports documentaries like this. I want everything.
0: I, I do like this, though, as far as our perspective, all three of us, I feel like, kind of came from a different angle watching this. So I feel like that's kind oh, of definitely. fun. And here, Ty, before I jump on you, your segue, your perfect segue that I'm now delaying about the, okay. the what kind of hoop stocks, do you like? They all know Let's, what happened. They all. Happened. <laughs> Let's talk about these episodes. We had the Jordan, the Pippin, the Rodman, and the Phil Jackson episodes so far. Of those four, which storyline do you think would make its own best documentary so far? Uh, Varun, well, I want to hear from you first on this. Uh, of those ones... Like with those kind, because they have some real unique stories among them, right? Like we heard Pippin coming from almost nothing, Rodman in his own sense. Which one has touched you the most?
2: I mean, I think the easiest answer is the Rodman stuff. Like the stuff about him going to Vegas 48 hours, like, and just the fact (laughs) that like he's touched. Just the fact that he. Outside of basketball, touched so many people and like uh, had relationships, you know, with so many celebrities. When it was just like a, he was just like a a larger than life figure at a time where there weren't that many larger than life figures. Like he was a reality star. He was dating Madonna
1: in the '90s. That is just crazy. Oh my god. That's crazy. That is absurd.
2: Oh my god. It's absurd. So I think he's the easy answer. I think you know Phil Jackson is obviously a very interesting answer. Just based on the fact that, like, you know, he you know, with, with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen goes to the Lakers, does that whole thing, then ends his career in a really odd fashion with the Knicks. So I think that's a pretty interesting one too. I, I personally would be pretty interested in the Scottie Pippen documentary. Again, like, I could sort of see like how the bull stuff has pretty much been covered and he's maybe not the most interesting person overall but i think like his journey afterwards and obviously selfishly as a portland fan like getting his perspective on those blazers teams and kind of what happened to them uh, i think that's super interesting as well because he really had like i mean we all know he had like a real career after the after the after the bulls and, and he was great for a long time and kind of invented the like point forward position in a weird way so I don't know it would just be interesting to watch it doesn't have to be like a full 10 hours but you know another (laughs) two hours on just like Scottie Pippen's post Bulls life I think it would be pretty interesting
0: no I I like both those ideas man I feel like the Scottie Pippen one uh, well I mean the the Rodman one he is such a unique character he was like you said he was crossing cultures before a lot of people really did that. Uh, and, and kind of he was, yeah, he was all over so many different aspects. And I think really brought a lot of things to light that maybe certain fans weren't really as exposed to, uh, to yeah. be as or as vague as possible about it. Uh, but yeah, the, the Scottie Coopin stuff, man, not just the, the Blazer side, uh, what he did here and how many fans outside of Portland probably don't see that or recognize it the same way, but the economic side that Ty pointed out earlier. And how, again, like how relevant that is to today's NBA and to today's general world right now with all this stuff and the pandemic. Uh, the idea of you know. Did he undersell himself? Did he lock in for safety too long? And all those kind of endless questions about what could he have made? What could he have been worth? What would have gone differently if he'd gotten paid? Uh, There's a lot there, man. You could get, maybe, I don't know, you might be able to get another 10 part doc out of that. honestly. You might (laughs) be able
1: to see people who really find stories in this and really want to create now. I think there's a lot of people who might, yeah, like who are really fascinated with Pippin now off this. Like, you know what? Like I need to know more about Pippin's story. I'm with that on Pippin's story. And then also for me, like, I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see Phil Jacksons because I think he's a really interesting dude. I would love to see, maybe see some of those footages or whatever of him on acid running around. <laughs> and had that oh, picture. Yeah. So it's I just think getting picture. into more of that and then just getting into... Maybe how he is more of a man like outside of basketball, I think would be kind of an interesting doc. I think you could kind of do both doc and him outside of basketball. Like I mean, like him going to like some Native American tribe thing and doing a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be a whole episode. So yeah. I think I'd be fascinated with seeing him basketball wise and outside of basketball wise. But that, yeah, I think with Pippen, uh, Rodman, I know they did that 30 for 30 on Rodman a little while ago, but it I didn't find it that yeah. fascinating on him.
0: You could use more right now. I feel like we could do more.
1: <laughs> and there's so many characters on this bowl team I think that would be awesome. I mean, even, like, so You could probably do a whole thing on Jerry Krauss
0: Yeah, well, after the way they've done it so far, I feel like you kind of need to. That might be the most needed one, just to kind of balance perspectives a little bit. And a
1: uh, yeah, can maybe come in. Because, obviously, like, he built this bowl team. Like, he put it yeah. together. He went and drafted Scottie Pippen. He, I mean, found, like, Ron... Or not found Ron Harper. But, like, he he crafted this teams together. Obviously, he didn't... He had a lot of mess ups but yeah i think it'd be fascinating to see just going forward what people do with this doc i know we heard a story week or two that i think was kobe had his last two seasons or his last season film crew like this something i wonder if we'll ever see that footage because he doesn't get to put his fingerprints on it and really Mold it the way he wanted to because you know he was a really film guy as well. So I wonder if we'll see that maybe eventually if someone else is telling yep. Kobe's story. So, um, yeah, I think going forward, this will be good for us sports fans because I think this is really going to put a nice creative spin on people on how they want to tell stories going forward.
0: Yeah, uh, sorry, Varun, were you trying to get in there? No, move. no, 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 you're good. Yeah, I, I, I think overall that the popularity of this and the time of it will definitely help. Uh, hopefully push out more docs like this. So I can't really take credit for this one, but Hoops Hype tweeted the other day, great question that I had to ask you guys about. Name the basketball documentary that you would most like to watch. Uh, I saw references towards Jailblazer's doc, which we mm-hmm. have obviously heard some rumor about. Maybe it'll be coming soon, and who knows? Uh, someone else mentioned what I would really love to see is a doc on officiating, especially back in the days of uh, uh, Donaghy, corruption, all this kind of stuff. And again, how this kind of affects modern stuff, like a lot of the new technologies. What about you guys? Any other ideas? Like, what's the documentary that you were just itching to see them make next?
2: Not Michael Jordan or Bowles related. Yeah, you mentioned that you, you sent me this question earlier, and I, I thought about it for a while. I think a couple answers come to mind for me. I think one of the one of the first things that came to my mind was... A, uh, I mean, obviously, everyone wants to watch a Jails-Basers documentary. Yeah, a- a- need a- it. Everyone I need who's it. watching this Given. Podcast, everyone listening to this podcast, I guarantee you want it. Yeah, to watch this documentary. <laughs> need it. Like, no, no doubt about that. It's uh, coming. I think. I'm oh, sorry.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. I, 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 it's rumor is it's coming, right? From from Shade and Ponzi and all the rest on their pod. Like, rumor is that that doc is coming out sooner than later.
2: There, there was a rumor and then there wasn't a rumor. So I'm my yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed and just hope yeah, it comes. Uh, I think also the, the things that the, the ones that I thought of as well uh, in the NBA sphere, at least uh, one of them was just like a, a Gilbert Arenas documentary. I think people forget how yeah. famous Gilbert Arenas was for a while and like how crazy that story was uh, and how crazy he kind of still is. Uh, he's a pretty vocal guy and like will post some really absurd things sometimes. But like, I think just like he was kind of the inter- first Internet star in the N- or in the NBA Internet world, at least um at least in the early stages so i would love to watch a documentary about gilbert arenas and sort of his rise and the Hipachi and all that stuff um <laughs> the other one and this one's kind of weird the other documentary i would love to watch is maybe it's about him but maybe it's just about the nba reporting world in general i would love to watch a documentary on boge uh oh yeah nice one like, yeah i read a profile on him a couple of years ago and it was super interesting but I think I've always been really interested in just like how the NBA reporting world works. And like, you know, obviously they're always citing sources, like our sources, players, our sources, you know, ge- assistant general managers, or the assistant coaches. Why are they leaking things? What what do they mm-hmm. get in return for it? Like that ah, whole, that whole, I'm economy, with you. Yep. I think would be, it It almost reminds me of when ESPN did the 30 for 30 paid, I think it was called, uh, or not paid, uh, broke, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Where they just went to the whole economy of, like, here's how an actual contract works. And, like, this is why so many famous players who are so rich go broke. And so I would love to watch the Woj documentary in the context of, like, here is this guy Woj. And here's also how the economy of, you know, rumors and news works in the like, NBA the, the on top turns. of that. Interesting. Yep. That's a yep. great idea. yeah Come on that Don't- one. Everyone who's listening, please don't steal it because I, if I ever make enough money, I'm gonna to try to fund out one
1: myself.
2: <laughs> do it, man! Oh man,
0: it's coming soon from Maroon. Oh, that's awesome!
1: I love it. I love that one because I'm the same way. Like I, I mean, like I get the sources, but I'm like, what do the sources get from leaking stuff about their team or like whatever? Like, what are they getting? Telling either good news or bad news to a reporter, then who puts it out? Because then yep. wouldn't their bosses be like, hey? I don't want this stuff out. I'm going to figure out who did it. And then now you're in trouble. Like, I don't get that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all weird. It's a really, yeah. really weird economy. And I think I've talked to enough people who were like no bits and pieces of these things. But to put right. that whole puzzle together and totally figure out, like, what the motivation from each individual in this economy is would be super fascinating. I love that. That's a great call. And I, I definitely I think I'll be waiting on that
0: one as much as so I'll be waiting on the officiating or. Not quite the Joe Blazers one, because that one's still up there, right? But no, that's that's a great call for him, serious. Uh, okay, let me submit one more option for Doc as well, and nail another segue with it. I want to see one on the NCAA and the corruption there. Because, Always. again, the same way that I'm, I'm into the, you know, looking into the corruption on the officiating and all that kind of thing, the NCAA has kind of been exposed a little bit recently. We've heard some, uh, their their name or their, I guess their acronym, in headlines recently, Uh relating to the G league. The G league has been making some offers, making some deals, uh, basically kind of, I, I think the easy way to put this is they're encroaching on NCA territory, encroaching on the college sports territory a little bit. We've had Jalen green, Isaiah Todd. And I want to say a couple other players, uh, Dation, Desha- Nix, uh, a couple yes. of uh, basically top prospects who would mm-hmm. be, uh, NCAA players or yeah, top prospects for the NCAA. They are skipping college uh, reportedly going, uh, to take this new G League package. And I've seen numbers where it's like 125 grand a year, up to even like 300 grand a year, maybe for different players and different kind of you know, talents. Uh, the big thing for me on this, it was Jay Billis that was pointing out, this proves the NCAA really had no principle or reason to keep the athletes from getting paid. They just wanted the money for themselves because as soon as the G League started doing this, you have heard the NCA start to kind of make counter offers about by 2021, 22, they're going to allow players to uh profit off name and likeness and all this kind of thing. So they're immediately dropping their whole stance because someone else came along to 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 make to to expose them, right? I, I don't know. It's this just seems like blatant corruption to me. And anytime either of you wants to cut me off because I'm getting up on the soap <laughs> again, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> well
2: well the one thing I was gonna say is I know you want a documentary on that. If you have HBO, I would highly recommend watching The Scheme, which just came out like a couple of months ago or a month or two ago. It's basically all about like the crazy corruption that happened in the NCAA. And this one guy gets pinpointed and gets in a bunch of trouble when in reality, the FBI and the NCAA had like a lot more other bad stuff going on. So I would highly recommend watching that documentary. You'll absolutely love it. If you want an NCAA corruption doc, that is the one that is out right now. And I, I would definitely recommend watching it. Okay. Um, I I personally think that the G League stuff is awesome. Uh, yeah. I love. Let me be clear. I love college basketball. Mm-hmm. That being said, I've always been fascinated as uh, about the G League as like an alternate opportunity. And for a long time, like it it didn't seem right for players to be skipping college to go to the league and not have it. Or let's sorry it didn't seem right for players to have college as the only option for them to go to the league. Like, right. Exactly. exactly. And any of us can, can graduate high school, be 18 years old and get any job we want to technically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Why is basketball limiting to like, Oh, you have to have one year of college. Uh, when in reality that it's just kind of a veiled system of like, all right, this is kind of our feeder system. We'll, we'll throw them a bone. They'll throw us a bone. And now it sort of it seems like the NBA is just coming in and reclaiming their territory and rightfully so. So good for the, good for all those guys who are taking the G league opportunity and I'm glad they're getting paid. And I hope that it it seems, I hope that becomes like a more normal thing for for them to do until the NCAA, you know, figures their own stuff out.
1: I'm with it. Uh, I've always loved college sports. I love college football. I love college basketball. Um, But I've always agreed that these guys should get paid. They bring so much money. They bring so much revenue to these schools, to the NCAA as a whole. We pay and we tune in to watch these players um so it's just never made sense that they didn't get anything off of it and then also like when they try to capitalize on their popularity like on youtube or on twitter and they make some money they get in trouble just ridiculous so i'm glad that there's now these alternatives with basketball and because of this i could see maybe like the nfl like eventually looking at like starting their own little development league to get these guys out of high school who don't want to go to college football yes that's a little bit different because you need to get your body developed and get bigger and stronger and i think football like like obviously like with college football i think that's a great system but i think this op- i think just this just gives more opportunities for these leagues to go hey like let's not worry about them going to college like or let's get our hands on them right now and let's like mold them to the players that we want them to be and right. also these guys go make money and not have to like maybe get hurt and right. not get the check they deserve because obviously like these guys are talented so i i think that's the
0: the big thing about this for me too is that overall the, the scheme here is that young young kids who have athletic talent and potential there is there's like you said uh Varun, it's almost this uh this restricted gateway of if you were a young athlete and you think you have a, a chance at a professional career in this the only way for you to do so is to go through the NCA and and kind of up through that ladder i do like your comparison that anyone else can like do whatever they want straight out of high school but ty like you pointed out even with football, as far as people growing into the body, that does have to happen in basketball as well. Like a college kid coming out is not ready, in my opinion, for NBA level ball. I'm totally not all down. Of them. Right, yeah, yeah, the majority of them, let's say. But I, I think G League is a great extra portal to maybe something you can grow similar to college basketball, where it allows these players to kind of have more development. But the idea that it's not restricting them, the the idea that it doesn't monopolize, where they can then control the students and say, no, you can't make any money off your name, your brand, your likeness. uh, I think part of this deal, too, with the G League is that not only are they going to pay them six figures, uh, they're also leaving the option open for these students to go to college if they decide no, I'm not going to get in the draft. Or, or like let's say they went undrafted and you say, you know what, the league's not for me. They can still go back, which, again, with the NCAA has been an issue, right? If you declared for the draft, you can't then go back. I don't know all the in- individual details on it because I don't follow college sports as close. But overall, this is fantastic. I, it's it's yeah. good to put leverage against the NCAA. It's going to broaden uh, the talent pool, really, of American athletes, not just having to draw top-end talent from over in Europe as much. This helps us kind of keep it homegrown a little more. But... Yeah what I want to ask you guys uh, how does this change college sports in general? Because if, if you now have, you can't really have uh, March madness between G league teams and college teams. So I think you have to assume this kind of waters down the college talent pool. If a lot of it is going to be drawn towards the other side, even if the NCA came out and offered similar money, right? It's not all going to just, everyone's just going to be like, Oh, well, let's just go with NCA
2: then. Right. It's going to be divided no matter what at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's,
2: I was just going to say, it's one of those things where like the, the one thing that the NCAA and, and colleges have on their side is just legacy in general, yep. right? Like it, it's, it's always Duke. It's always UNC. Mm, it's always Kentucky. Yeah. Like those places are like still established places that people want to go to. And you know, one thing that you, that is overlooked in at least right now is the exposure that you get um, from those places, right? Like when oh you go to Duke university, you get to be next to coach K you get to be on TV 30 to 35 times a year um, whereas I don't know currently what the G league structure or like television structure is ex- mm-hmm. aside from like the one-off games on NBA TV. So that's they still point. have that to their advantage. And then on top of that, you know, if we look under the carpet here, all those guys are probably getting paid on top of that as well. Yeah. You know, They're still making the hundred thousand at Duke, even though it's unspoken, I bet you that's happening. They're still right. making, you know, 75,000 at Kentucky or whatever it is. I'm sure those bags are still being dropped. So I don't think it's going to be an immediate, like. Oh, we're just going to stop, you know, going to college, and the product's going to be awful. I think it'll be a gradual change, um, but you're already seeing the NCAA like react to it, right? They're yeah. already sort of a lot, as you mentioned, conceding certain like, okay, you can profit off your likeness now. You can do, you know, whatever you want in terms of like establishing yourself as a name and making money off that. But I do think at least now it's it's always good to allow these kids to have multiple options, and I think the G League has officially become a viable option for them.
0: Yeah, and and I just I gotta chime in here too. The NCA with their whole when they kind of came back and said okay, fine, we'll give you this stuff. Their statement said it's not going to start till the twenty one twenty two season. So they're still saying like they're going to have another season of college students that are not going to be getting paid by any of this. This seems it seems like a little too too little too late as far as trying to come to the table and keep your side there. I I honestly would not be surprised if this hits the NCA pretty hard. Like, like a year from now, like what it looks like might be drastically different, but I'm not saying this will going to go away. I just I think this might be I don't see how you get back to what the NCA was ever again.
1: Well, I, I yeah, I'm there. But at the same time we had this rule where these guys could come out of high school like LeBron and Dwight. And we saw Mello go to Syracuse when he probably could have been a top five pick. We've seen like Kevin Durant go to Texas when he could have been a top five pick coming out of high school. So yeah, like these guys have seen it and yes, now all of a sudden we might see these guys go to G league, but let's say five of them have success and 30 of them don't like it. Then all of a sudden in three years, these guys are like, no, you know what? This G league thing sucks. because now, yes, I'm getting paid, but, but I'm not playing. Or I'm not playing where I want to play or these coaches aren't good or whatever. So I just think all that stuff will always be there. And yeah, like, and then I think college is exposures and those connections you build. Yes. Now you go to Duke and then now you're part of that Zion and Kyrie Irving and JJ Reddick like club who went to Duke. So now I think all that stuff will always be there. And I think guys might get like a better opportunity with Texas University than the G League Texas team and eventually when they do figure this thing out finally.
0: Yeah, that's that's a fair point, too. And, you know, honestly, even thinking of that, too, I this will probably give more exposure to more talent. Like, at the very least, as far as the fan perspective, you got to think we're going to see more players who might have been buried behind the star yeah. in college ball are now going to have a chance. Like, you know what? I don't want to be coming off the bench. I'm going to go have my own team in the G League or something like that. Yeah, th- I think there could be certainly... More opportunity to see kids come up. Maybe that helps to kind of level the field. Maybe that, that even might be something where with more talent coming in, you might see overall high-end contracts drop a little bit because if there's more availability for stars coming up. It's not it doesn't seem as as unlikely at this point. Who knows? That is all very theoretical. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 new, it's it's things are things are changing, and I'm I'm curious to see what happens with it. Speaking of new and curiosity, okay, that segue was not quite as good, but for Rune. You have a podcast, my friend. You have a new podcast with, with BR over there. Lockytown, I believe is what you were calling it. Tell us about your show, man.
2: Yeah, so I, I can't take too much credit for it uh, in terms of actually being on it right, that right. much. No, uh, no, no, but it is it is something I'm part of. It's me, my friend, uh, two of my friends, both named Mike, one yep. of them, uh, aka Mikey Locks. One of them, uh, Vern Serdamis. Shout out to both of them. Shout out to both. Uh, hey, hey.
1: I follow Mikey yeah. Locks on Twitter, and I need to say he has given me some nice picks in the nice. past. So shout hey, out to he'll, him.
2: He'll hey. he'll love to hear that. He'll love to hear that. He has never given me a single good pick in my life. <laughs> so I, I, a little little uh, different experience there. there but uh, no, he's a good dude. Um, so we yeah we we are we're, we're 3 three of us have been working at Bleacher Pro for a while. Um, we all enjoy gambling in one form or the other. Um, so we all sort of started this, you know, we, we the idea behind Lockytown is essentially like, we wanted to bring to life, uh, your gambling group text. So what that experience is like, uh, and sort of like, if you don't have a gambling group text, we can be that for you. Um, so we, you know, we do all kinds of crazy stuff on there. Um, obviously without sports, we're trying to get as creative as possible. Uh, we got some UFC next week, which should be exciting. We actually today have some horse racing, which is kind of exciting. So kind horse of just that idea. I'm nice. like, watching
1: horse exactly. racing right now. I've never done it. I'm tuned in watching these <laughs> horse races and trying to get a feel for it.
2: I um, know, right? It's it's one of those things. It's it's honestly like we just like, the, we just like the action. And whether it's for like a couple of bucks here and there for me, I, I'm always getting crap about how I'm not betting nearly enough or whether it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars for Mikey Locks. I'm just kidding. He doesn't gamble that much. But, you know, something around there. Uh, we just like having a good time and we like uh, everything about it. So uh, in in the Lockytown world, uh, one of the things that we started on IG Live every Wednesdays, follow at Lockytown VR, uh, we go on IG Live. And uh, it's a game that we actually invented um, called the Lockytown Over Under Six Challenge. Um, it's actually on VR betting as well. Uh, it's known as the as, as Hoodie Happy Hour. It's the same game. It's like the easiest game. Okay. And I brought a version that is special for just you two. So yes. the way the game the way the game works is, I pick a category, uh, I set a line, and you all have to tell me over under. So for example, wow. uh, one of the one of the categories that we've done before is, um, you know, like when did this song come out? Did it come out before or after you know the year two thousand ten? And uh, this game sort of the the origin of the game sort of came from I think my friends and I were all hanging out one night just drinking beers and. Someone was like, hey, how much do you think, uh, I forget who the celebrity was, but like, how do you, how much do you think Mike Tyson is worth? I think it was kind of the discussion. (laughs) And we were like, I kind of think it's this much money. No, I kind of think it's a hundred million. No, he's like kind of broke. And then we ended up looking it up and we found this website that like had all the celebrity networks. So just like from there, we kept guessing like celebrity networks and then we sort of spun that off into its own version of a game. So I brought a version, I brought a version for you both. Uh, It's very straightforward on the actual show. We call it the six for six challenge because uh, the goal is to try to get six in a row right. Um, for uh, you guys, I'll change it a little bit. We can just go one at a time. I don't know if you both want to compete against each other. I don't know if you guys want to I'll compete together. against Keith. We
1: absolutely want to okay. compete together. against Keith.
2: <laughs> All right. Wonderful. I, I love to hear it. All right. So the, the, the category today that we're going to do is trailblazers. So players on the team, how many Twitter followers they Ooh. have. Okay, how many Twitter followers? Put it away, Keith. Put it away. I was going to say, if you have your phone (laughs) phone out, if you have a tweet deck out, hands-free, you got to put it away. Um, i picked some of the harder ones because the line that we're setting is 40,000. So 40,000 total followers. Um, So, for example, if I asked you, does Damian Lillard have over under 40,000 followers, the answer clearly would so be okay. over would in be that over. scenario. Yeah, so okay, okay. I I took out I took out some of the I took out some of the hard, the easier ones like Carmelo Anthony's the oh, C J McCollums of the world. So it'll get a little tricky, but wait. uh, we'll, I'm happy to keep score for you both if you want me to. That would be uh, actually. Awesome. Uh, getting warmed up, man. I gotta get, I, I got some ready. Stretches, getting, like, I watched
1: the 100%. show. I know how the rhythm <laughs> goes. Ready?
2: <laughs> All right, let's see how it goes. All right, so the line is forty thousand. The first Trailblazer we're gonna start with is. Trevor Ariza, Trevor Ariza, over under forty thousand. Ty, why don't you go first and then keep can go. Uh,
1: Trevor, I'm gonna go over.
0: Okay. Hi. Oh. Trevor, Trevor's been around for a while, man. I'm I, I'll. Uh, I'm taking
2: over on Trevor. Yeah. Okay. All right. The answer for Trevor Ariza is. Seventy-six thousand seven hundred. You are both right. You are both <laughs> one for one.
0: Congratulations! Wait, I knew that. Did
2: I ju-
1: did I went wrong? wrong.
0: Did I jump in I'll, there wrong? Am I supposed to just let him do that one, or was I supposed to give an answer?
1: No, to no, you? no. You're perfect. Right. Don't perfect. I want. I want to
2: answer both ways. You. You're both right. You're both. He's great. just got yeah.
1: copy As, my answers. I know how that goes. Keith. <laughs> As I Ty said,
2: no. Ty had the good logic there too because you know he has that Lakers background. So obviously he's got a lot of followers from there right. and he with a lot of teams. So seventy thousand yeah, makes think sense. Outside All, the right. Box, Keith. <laughs> All right. The next one, Keith. You get to go first on this one. The next one is Mario Hazonia over under 40,000.
0: I'm going to say Mario is under. I don't think he has quite the, the spotlight on him. Okay, Ty?
1: Ooh. I'll say under as well on this one. Playing is safe, uh, huh? Okay. I, safe, I wanted to safe. go over, but I'm going to say under.
2: All right, Mario Hazonia has twenty thousand and five hundred followers. You are both two for two. Look at you! It's like it's it's almost like you guys host a Trailblazers podcast. You know it's amazing. All right, the next one is Caleb Swanigan. Caleb Swanigan. Uh, Ty, you can go first.
1: Ooh, I'll go with the under boring. on that. Oh come
0: on, okay, Ty, for two boilers They they I know. They're,
1: they're, I <laughs> think it's uh, I think I might be wrong. I'm going under.
0: All right, under. Ah, See? no. I'm 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 going under. I was trying
2: to push Ty on the other side. All right, you are both correct. It is <laughs> 17,900. You're 3 for 3. This would be the halfway mark usually on the show, but I think I have like six more for you both, so plenty of time to plenty of time to, you know, mix up the scores here. All right, the next one, Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. Keith, you get to go first. Oh, that's
0: a tougher one. Okay, okay.
2: These uh, get harder, by the way. These get harder. Oh no, I, no, I,
0: I believe I, 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 kept waiting for like the trick question one. Even with Caleb Swanigan, like man, that might be the trick question. Honestly, like even as I'm trying to throw a tie off. Uh, Anthony Simons is over forty. We're going over
2: forty. Okay, you're going over. Yeah, I'm going over. Okay, tie.
1: Dang it, he's probably over. But I'm just going to, just for the sake of it, I'm going to take the under.
2: Take it, Ty. Take it. Okay, we finally have a split answer. And to the surprise of neither of you, only one of you is right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The answer is, the answer for Anthony Simons is is $19,600. is an under. Ty takes the lead. It's (laughs) 4-3, but still plenty of time to come back. Don't worry, because the next one we have, former Utah Jazz member, now a member of our squad. Portland Trailblazers, Rodney Hood. Rodney Ooh. Hood. Uh, Ty, you get to go first on this one.
1: Man. I am going to go over. Okay, uh,
0: I, uh, I let my Blazer bias get the better of me on Simons.
2: I'm going under for Hood. He's a great guy, but he's not at 40k. Okay, so another split decision. Again, one of you is right, one of you is wrong. The answer for Rodney Hood is... 49,500 no! <laughs> taking a two lead. Very nice. Oh, you love man. to see it.
0: 9,000. Oh, so close.
2: <laughs> all right, Now we're, we're getting trickier. Still some time to come back. Don't worry. Uh Wenyan Gabriel. Wenyan Gabriel. That's an under. Okay. Ties locking in under. Yeah,
0: I, I I wanted to lock in under, but man, it's if it's getting tricky here. No, Wenyin's under, man. I, if if Anthony Simon wasn't close, Wenyin's not close.
2: He's under. Okay. Uh, some good news. You are both correct. <laughs> Thirty-seven thousand three hundred. Wow, Wendy that's flow, It's close Dang. though. It's close. The thing is, he's got those Kentucky roots, so I sort of figure that that's where a lot of the followers got from. Big Blue Nation is strong. That'd They're very shy, strong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next, we got three left. So still some time to come back, Keith. Uh, Zach Collins. Zach Collins. I think, Keith, is it your turn to go first this time? Yeah,
0: yeah. I got first one on this one. Zach Collins, Zag. Uh, sh- I mean, he's got the Blazer love. I- I'm going to go over. This might be a close one, though. I'm saying over.
2: OK, we've got an over on one. Ty? I'll take the under. Okay, so Keith, you're going over. Uh, Ty, you're going oh, well, under. Sort of wins already. <laughs> <laughs> the answer for Zach Collins is 24,800. That Jeez. is an under. I know. Zach. I was surprised, too. I, I I went with your logic. I thought that Zach Collins had, like, a blazer love. He's been there for a while. But, yeah, it's an under. Suck it, Keith. Less than, less, <laughs> less than Wenny and Gabriel, which is surprising. Uh, yes. We got two more. We got two more. Uh, Nasir Little. Nasir Little.
1: Ooh. Um Going over. Okay, going McDonald's over. Donald okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Ooh. North Carolina. Yeah. I,
0: I was I felt confident in uh... bad for you,
1: Keith. I'm giving you some <laughs> personal
0: I, I feel like Nas was uh, was gonna be an over too, man. I, I feel like he. I'm just trying to convince myself that you're wrong.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no you gotta I start I, getting creative.
0: I mean, Nas. He was like he had all the all the talent early on. Then he fell in the draft late. We're not gonna. I'm going over. I'm gonna say over. I'm hoping we're both yeah. wrong. Just I gets it wrong, but I
2: think we're, I'm saying over. <laughs> all right, so two overs. You are both correct. Forty-two thousand two hundred. Too, Ty, I think I think Ty is 8 for 8 so far I don't wow. you, I, that I need right
1: to now. I should have made sure that I was getting one of those Bluecher Report hoodies before I was, <laughs> Yeah. See, I,
2: if I had made this a category on yesterday's uh, live show on Friday
1: I, you would have crushed it I hit the it. Usher right. one yesterday I got yep. that one and I got the one with the dude uh, who got chosen because of ice cream I had that one right Oh up. yeah 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 uh, yep. Can't remember what that was So yeah I'm on it I'm in the room I'm in the I'm in the rhythm.
2: All right. So for Ty to go nine for nine, I've i I've never, obviously, I've only done this six for six. I've never had anyone go nine for nine. So, Ty, <laughs> this is a big one. Keith, I'll let you go first. Feel the last the rhythm. one I have, Feel the ride. The last, let's get the together. The last it's one I have is, is Gary Trent Jr., is the last one. Gary Trent Jr
0: first of all ty how did you just reference cool Runnings? that movie is way too old for you <laughs> i love cool Runnings.
1: that's what i i might be young but i watched a ton of old movies like because i didn't have cable and everything growing up so i watched like gilligan's island brady bunch type oh God, TV go. show. i got all the old movies so i love cool running oh it's great i heard
0: that you <laughs> used to too. do
1: that before track meets i used to literally get in my stands and go fill the rhythm fill the ride. let's get together it's time.
0: Let's go over rewatch that movie now. Uh Varun, I'm sorry, man. Give me that line one more time. Uh, Gary uh, Trent? G- Gary Trent Jr. Uh Gary Trent's gotta be over 40. We're going over 40. He's going big, yeah. man. He's gotten so much popularity this year. He was the only thing to watch for Blazer fans. He's gotta be over. Alright.
2: Ty? Going over. Okay, going over. So, for nine for nine, Gary Trent Jr. has. 43,700 yeah. that is an over nine for nine if i had my horn out, i would hit the horn doo, 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 doo. hi congratulations That's nine good. for nine never seen it excellent work
1: you oh, clearly
2: you clearly should be on a blazers podcast and should be hosting <laughs> one so yes shout out to both of you uh yeah no it's like i said if you for all the listeners out there if you enjoy playing this this kind of stuff if you enjoy what you heard I hope you don't mind. I'm plugging Lockytown again. At B- at BR. I'm hopping on the uh, next
1: show, Bruin, and I'm winning one of them hoodies.
2: You have to. You have to. Uh, <laughs> at Lockytown BR on Wednesdays. Uh, I also host it on at BR underscore betting on Fridays. So come check it out. Come have a good time. And honestly, like we, we love this game so much, but if you want to just take it and play with your friends, like it's the most fun game to play. Uh, the more creative the categories and the more you tailor it to your friends or in, in your cases, my friends as well, but also like your blazer friends especially uh you can ha- really have some fun with it so
0: uh, look at Varun here with the suck up points and like in your case my friends well he like what a nice guy man he's hey, bringing you know? he's the game from his pod that was a lot of fun dude i really enjoyed that okay. and honestly we're gonna have to i almost i want to get you back in here as almost like a regular just get you into pump your show and give us some some six for six or nine for nine i gotta beat tie on some of these man oh. i gotta i know i hot,
2: hot. <laughs> We gotta come in. We gotta come in next time with like the before after nineteen ninety five music songs, like, because <laughs> then we could really get tie. He would not even more than that. Yes. We'll,
0: oh my god, I love it. Hey, Vrune, that was a lot of fun, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, is there absolutely. anything else that you guys want to cover before we get out of here? I know I've kept yeah. you both pretty long.
2: No, absolutely. am I'm, no, I'm, I'm good to go. Thank you so much
0: for having me. Do it for sure. Thank you, Varun Bose of Bleacher Report and the Lockytown
2: podcast. And is, is it even really the pod, or do you just want to say Lockytown because it's on IG as well? I no, know I definitely. No, no, no. Please, we, I can definitely plug the pod. So add okay. LockytownBR on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, definitely listen to the podcast. They have an episode coming up this week. Uh, a very special guest. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce it, uh, cool. but it is, a, it is someone who has a rap song that – may or may not talk a lot about how much they love college. So something like that.
0: Uh, <laughs>
2: nice yeah. one.
0: I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, that, that person may or may not be on the podcast, so definitely come listen to it. And then I'm at Varun Bose uh, on all social media platforms. So you can come chat with me. And like I said, come watch the IG Live on Wednesdays and then at BR Betting uh, on Fridays as well if you want to come play along. Awesome, man. But thank you both so much. I appreciate yeah. it, right? Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Stay safe. Later. Later. Later, bro.
0: Well, thank you, listeners. And remember, you can write Varun and Lockytown and us at any time. Uh, for us, you can write us about anything, preferably Blazers, but we will take all of your questions, all of your betting lines, all of your anything. And look, I just got to get out one more beef. I know I've already gotten in about the Lakers earlier, but we we, we, we post some some prompts on Twitter to try and get some uh, some questions for it. And while we're not getting as many questions as we always like, shout out to Blanked, by the way, at uh, zero sum, always writing in. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Uh, but we're getting likes and stuff from other people, but not getting the questions. It's it's like you know when you are sending a text to someone and then you see the dot 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 like they're writing back and then it disappears and they don't write you anything mm-hmm. back. I feel like that's this is the Twitter version of that. We're getting hearts, we're getting likes, but not repeats or, or retweets or replies. And yes, I know this sounds thirsty. I'm thirsty, you guys. The trail it's Thirsty. Cast, we want we want some. I want. I, we're in quarantine. Send here. all
1: those thirsty. Things to Keith <laughs> at Keith Feltner Smith. Look, it's- don't bother to send them to me at Tide Elbridge. <laughs> send them to the Trailcasters on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram <laughs> at Trailcasters. Let me just throw that in there real quick.
0: And look. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man, Uh, you know, we're here in in quarantine. I'm glad you fixed your camera tie, but I can't just get to stare at your face. I want to I I want to hear from some of these listeners. I want to hear what they're doing. What games are they playing? What what their war zone tags are? Help
1: me out, everybody, and help him out.
0: (laughs) So, yes, uh, keep. Keep Keith from being too thirsty on the Trailcasters account. Send in your questions, not just your likes, but again, thank you to all of you awesome, amazing people who are liking our posts. You are all wonderful, and we couldn't do this shit without you. Uh, like Ty, so eloquently put, you can send all of that to at Trailcasters on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Rip City Keith, he at Ty Delbridge. <laughs> what else we got? If they want to send us those fancy, fancy emails, Ty, where do they send them?
1: trailcasters at gmail.com
0: and if they're looking for our podcast on iTunes Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify any of the above, anything else, what are we always looking for? They should be finding us at
1: Trailcasters and they should be giving us five stars Yes. the music is from who? Soundcloud.com slash Odar Beats yes and always
0: support your local beat makers as well as our sponsor clearly speaking oregon in closing your honorable listeners that's it that is our show thank you ty as always shout out to your pups the lack of a trailcaster pup over there but we'll get one over there eventually one of those lovely golden doodles eventually. thank you to odar for these fat beats thank you to our sponsor clearly speaking and thank you to varoon Bose of bleacher report and the lockytown podcast and of course thank you listeners for a great listening we hope you won't all- We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again one more time, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters.